It's the Airhead 247 Podcast. The Airhead 247 Podcast, powered by Wedgetail Ignition Systems, state of the art ignition for your 247 Airhead. Proudly made in Australia by motorcyclists who love their BMWs. By the BMW Motorcycle Owners of America, who invite you to ride inspired. And Boxer2Valve.com, the premium supplier for all your airhead replacement parts. Now, let's get this thing fired up. Well, hello again, everybody. On the program this week, Manu Schott. SVT Sports in Germany has taken the modified airhead dual sport to a new level. The driving force behind this is the aforementioned Manu Schott. SVT has refined the purpose-built airhead to a T, as well as developing and supplying a full product line of parts for the airhead enthusiast. We'll dig into Manu's history with BMW and his philosophy behind SVT builds and modifications this week. I should also say here, Manu's English is way beyond my German capability. So thanks to him for being multilingual and doing this interview in his non-native language. William Plam has the week off, but we'll be back again with us next time. So for now, we're off to Ustelhausen, Germany, for a chat with Manu Schott of SVT Sports. We're on the line with Manu Schott uh, of SWT Sports and Manu. I want to say thank you very much for taking some time to visit with us today. First thing I want to ask you, and I've been admiring your work from afar here in the United States for a while, SWT, uh, what do those letters stand for? Oh, that's not easy. Um, I say hello at first. SWT is um, for our small village. It's called Durchtelhausen, and in, um, in Germany we say Stücht. And the second word is workshop. Um, in Germany, we say Werkstatt. And um, the last name is uh, Tuning. And so uh, we call it Stüchter Werkstatt Tuning. And as it's uh, the, the town, the village, um, it's uh, the workshop and it's the tuning. <laughs> That's the word. I, I, find, the, I, I uh, find the name in if I was young, with 15 years, I drive with the moped in Germany with 25 kilometers per hour. And on my first moped, I ride SWT. It <laughs> <laughs> was the first tuning page. Right. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> I understand. I understand. So that was one of the first questions I wanted to ask you. What was your introduction uh, to motorcycles or mopeds uh, as a young boy? I've I seen a lot of people to drive motorcycles. Um, do you know uh, Fritz Witzel? I do not, know. No, Fritz Witzel is um, he's a uh, silver Basen driver of the 60s in the 1979 in Hof in Siegerland in Westerwald. It's very famous. He, um, 
he drive a white um, a, a blue frame uh, it was a very uh, a glowy blue white motorcycle with Michael gas tank and the build of the motorcycle by Laszlo Paris and um, he's from a, from my uh, small village Fritz Witzel and so we see a lot of BMW air-cooled uh, motorcycles here in my village and it was was um, the first point to get if I if I, if I will be um, if I will be old the first point to get uh, Opel Manta and a Boxer. And so, do you remember what was the first model uh, uh, Airhead or first model Boxer? I should say you remember seeing. I think uh, the first model was um, there are. 75 stroke 5. This uh, was the bike of my father. Oh, your dad had one. Yes, but he uh, must have um, sold it if um, I was young. Uh, we need a second car for the family, and so he sold the bike. I see. So, yeah, so well, you're not good now. We- it, it will be, uh, um, you will get a lot of money off this bike. Yeah, very much so. So your dad was thinking, yeah. uh, in practical terms, he had the motorcycle, but realized the family needed a car to get around. Tell me also, you mentioned uh, the village there, the small village uh, you grew up in. Uh, tell me sort of what part of Germany that's in as far as north, south, central. And then for our listeners, maybe just sort of describe uh, that, the, uh, the village and what that was like for you there growing up. Our village is uh, in the Bavaria. All of the world knows Bavaria. And we are in the north of Bavaria. We are in Upper Franconia. And um, directly to the border of Thuringen, also to the border of the East, uh, East German Republic, we are near the old border. And that's good. We have um, a lot of uh, forest here, to, a lot of forest to drive motorcycle or bicycle. It's good for training. It's good for life. It's a very nice place to live here. Uh, what was the second question? Yeah, yes. yeah the second part of it is, so. Uh, well, you pretty, did a pretty good job describing it. So I would uh, describe that in English as a very uh, rural or rustic area. It sounds like you mentioned you have a lot of forests, uh, probably some rivers and creeks and, and streams. And I've seen some of your videos. Uh, so you live, uh, it sounds like, and are you still there? It sounds like it's still a pretty rural, foresty uh, environment. And that's where you're still located today? We are near to the Rhone. It's a small old mountain uh, group in uh, Germany, and uh, we are near to them, and we have small hills, and we have a lot of forests. We are the biggest forest, um, um, our, our commu- community, community knows forest, yep. our village um, um, have the biggest forest, the biggest forest on, on one line in uh, our area. And, tip- and we had... We had a big, um, a big uh, trainings area for the U.S. Army here. Oh wow! Hmm. Yeah, it it was the third biggest of Bavaria. Wow! Interesting. All now it's natural center, and uh, it's very good for your free time to get 
fresh air or drive motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so the riding season's there. Uh, I imagine you have a typical winter, fall, and spring so and summer. So as we're speaking now, you're probably uh, in the depths of, uh, of the winter months with a lot of snow on the ground. Oh, we ha we had uh, we had some snow in 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 the past, but the last years there are more water. Um, mm. No good snow, not for for skiing, not for driving uh, uh, with the with the schlitten, with the what is this, uh, the name of the of the toy of the small children? The, the oh, drive. a sled, a sled. With the, with the sled, sled. Yeah, yeah, but. Um, but uh, my training, my training time is in winter. Hmm. I make my my most training in winter and in summer on the race track, and I have no time to train. I have a lot of work in my workshop, and then I go to race, drive my race, go home and work. In winter, I have time to drive motorcycle, to ride bike, or to go jogging. Tell me about the first uh, boxer you bought. I think it was a R100 uh, GSPD. Is that correct? Yes, this was my first boxer. I bought it uh, if I was 19 years old. I get some money from my parents for this bike because I have uh, uh, a BMW F650 with the Rotax engine. Mm -hmm. And... Um, I had no car. I have only the motorcycles, and my parents say, "Okay, they help me for the boxer, and then I can sell my small BMW for a good price." Excellent. So, tell tell me a little bit about how you found the bike. Was it uh, somebody you knew, uh, a friend, or an acquaintance, or were you shopping uh, through the classifieds for it? How'd you how'd you come across it, and what kind of condition was it in when you bought it? I I bought the bike um, near to my village. It was 40 kilometers, and we we uh, listened in the newspaper that anyone wants to sell this bike. The bike was in a bad condition. It has an accident in in Greece. Mm. Uh, um, I think the bike had only 20,000 kilometers on the engine, but uh, the girl who who drives it uh, was fallen. And uh, so the the um, ah, I must look for the uh, the road shaft coil uh, the the connecting rod. Oh yes, yes. Was, was not more good, and um, so I must uh, open the engine, repair all, and um, I get the bike in new colors. It was all a little bit trapped. No, no, the collar was from the street. They fall on the street. There was a lot of um, damage on the collar, and we painted in white with uh, with a good blue, with a BMW blue. And this was the beginning of uh, my boxer career. Yeah, I was going to say, that, that sounds like exactly where it started. So you took a bike... That was in pretty rough shape, it sounded like, and were able to sort of customize it. Make uh, Did you make any big changes on it, or was it just getting it up and running, uh, just the basics to get it uh, road-ready and, and street-legal? 
the first step was um, to repair it and to drive it. And uh, it was uh, a short time. Uh, and then I, I looked for a new fork for longer rear shock, for big, um, for the, the good tires, for the, um, for the dirt, and I look for a new fender at the front. And so I, I'm, I get the term with Fritz Witzel, freebie in Germany. He, uh, he was uh, the race driver and he know a lot of the bike. And um, I, I bought some parts from him, but he never helped me to, bike, to build the bike. He bought me the parts and he said, you must wait a little bit, you must wait a little bit, you must wait a little bit. And it, it was too long the time. And so I, I take it myself. And I get to the uh, to the first m meeting to the BMW boxer meeting, twenty years BMW GS. Oh yes, okay, uh, yeah, it, yep. It, at these times, you must um, get a letter, a letter with the with the uh, 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 written letter, not with email. You get a letter and uh, a picture from you, and send it to the magazine, and the magazine. Uh, Take only 300 people at this uh, place to this uh, party. And I was one of them, and I was the youngest people at this place. Yeah, I was going to say, I bet you were, uh, as you mentioned, one of the younger guys there. What, what was the reaction from some of the old-timers uh, seeing a young kid like you there? It was very good. Um, on this place, there was Vitek. He built the rally bikes for BMW. Mm -hmm. I was looking there. It was it, it was a very uh, it, it was so important. This big truck and the desert bikes. Oh, wow! I get my hair gets standing if I think about <laughs> it. Yeah. And uh, I was um, I I, I uh, learned um, HBM there, and they was. Very good to me. We spoke a lot of. I was young, and they didn't see any problems in in me. If you know what I, what, I, what I want to say, they see only the young guy, and they told a lot of, and say a lot of, and show me a lot of parts. And and the evening, there was um, a dear dear um, shows with uh, world traveler and. Uh, it was um, one of the points who changed my life a little bit. At this time, I was young. I drive a lot of cars. But after this meeting, I only want to drive motorcycle. Yeah. I want to see the world. I want to see the desert. And this was one of the points who, who built my life and uh, who get the life in, the, in this line. Wow, that's a pretty amazing story. So, from the time you bought that first GSPD, uh, this all sounds like it happened over the course of maybe a year, a year or two, uh, maybe not even that that much time. Uh, you had already pretty much decided what you wanted to do with your life, what your career goals were. You mentioned uh, HPN, and so that's at at the time they were. And still today, probably known as one of the larger conversion uh, specialty boxer builders uh, in Germany and in the world. Uh, you mentioned they were open to talking to you. Did 
did you ever, what was your relationship with them when you were younger? Did you ever work there? Uh, or how, how did, um, how did what they did, uh, with their bikes, how did that help create what SWT does today? Yeah, I, I have a lot of helpers for my, for my, for my firm, for my company. Um, you must, um, you must know it's not easy to build uh, BMWs for, for race or for traveling. If you uh, learn, um, if you will learn uh, um, a car repairer, you have a book, you can look, you must change the fuel pump, you must change the, um, the generator, or you must change a shock. If you want to build race bikes, you, you must... Uh, it's, it's tuning. It's a kind of tuning, and you must um, all the time. Um, it's not not repairing. It's um, it's it's. I, I don't can say it in in easy words. You have a, a bigger shock, and you must build a holder. You have a bigger sh uh, fork, and you must build a triple clamp. So constantly, constantly, mo constantly modifying things and creating. Yes. You have nothing you can build to the spike without uh, changing. <laughs> and in this times, I, I learned a lot of people, and uh, they were so good to me. I was young. I, well, I started the company. I, the real starting of the company was in, this, in 2004, and I was 24 years old. And so all, all the old people helped me. They, they, they were so good. They say, okay, if you want to have to do a fork from KTM, you need a good trouble clamp. You need um, this offset. You need this wheel for this. And um, my, my work was to see what is really good or what is shit, what they say. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you, you know, old people, it's not, it's not, often, it's, it's not often easy. And... Now we have a concept. We know what fork is good, what shock is good, which uh, swing arm is good. And this concept, uh, if, you, if you take this concept, it will be a good bike. How many, I know like, uh, like HPN has done, uh, I know you've also sort of number your motorcycles. So if folks were to go online, uh, visit your webpage or see your YouTube videos, almost nearly all of the bikes have a build number if i'm not mistaken so how what how yes. many how many have you done to date um that's not uh, easy to say okay we, we build uh, now we build 190 frames okay and um not all the bikes are built by by us we we often make the rolling chassis and the people <clears throat> uh, took their engine inside and make the electric. This the electric is one of the of the work that needs the most of time. If you make a new electric in the spike, mm -hmm. you must uh, think if you want to take it easy with the original um, uh, uh, with the original switches. Or if you want to make it with motor gadget or something, it's it's uh, the this was what need the most of the time, and so we look 
that um, the people make it by self and take the bike after this work to us. We, um, we look for their work and we make the tooth. It's the proofing. A proofing license for German street legal. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying about 190 frame build, builds, meaning that's from scratch, where you start with a, a, modify, a modified frame uh, that you build to your specifications. And then you say that's not the exact number. And as you mentioned, you've probably done some other bikes, work some other bikes that aren't the one-off, uh, that aren't starting from the frame. Um, I want to I, we could talk a lot about this, but let's just start maybe with the frame. When you're starting a SWT build, what are some of the first things you're going to do to a standard uh, boxer frame? We've teamed up with the BMW Motorcycle Owners of America to offer a special membership deal for our listeners. Now, before you think, wait a second, Darren, how much is this going to cost? Let's just stop right here and say it's free. This is a complimentary one-year digital membership for Airhead 247 podcast listeners. The MOA has a goal of adding 200 new members over the next several months. That's a lot, but I think they can reach that goal with our help. By supporting the MOA with this offer, you're also supporting this program. And let's say this again, it is free of charge. Visit 247.bmwmoa.org and complete the online form using the activation code AIRHEAD247. That's easy to remember. You'll receive your free one-year digital membership, and that will give our program credit for referring you. Or go to the description section of this podcast. We've got a direct link right there. Membership in the MOA offers discounts at hotels, a monthly magazine, great deals on roadside assistant programs, plus a fantastic network of BMW owners that share your passion. All this, plus you're supporting our efforts here with the podcast, bringing you unique insight into the world of the 247 Airhead. That website, once again, for your free one-year digital membership, 247.bmwmoa.org. Use the code AIRHEAD247. Thank you very much for your support. Let's pick up our conversation again with Manu Shot. What are some of the first things you're going to do to a standard uh, boxer frame? Yeah, the best is to reinforce the complete frame. If you if you want to, to uh, it's just a question. Um, you, you want to know what is what, what, with what I want to start the the um, the SWD boxer or what was the question? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So when you're starting a build from scratch for a for a customer, uh, what yeah. the the, yeah, the modifications the on the f frame start with, for instance, gussets at the headstock. Uh, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about how the frame is modified or changed. Okay, the first um, is uh, the first point is all frames. We, we reinforce all frames, and all is um, the same. The only different is if you have uh, original para lever, a twin shock, or if you have the mono lever with the eleven hundred swing arm. Got it. But the the front. The swing arm uh, reinforcement 
uh, all, all the same, the same uh, kind. Uh, the problem is we must make it like um, like our project because we have uh, TÜV proofing of this and we have um, uh, a license from TÜV. And can you hear me? I, I can, yeah. Yep. So when okay. you say, yeah, yeah and when, I, when you say uh, TÜV, you're meaning the uh, TUV, which is uh, what we would call here in the United States, like the Bureau of Motor Vehicles, or that, that's just the uh, uh, authority saying this vehicle is uh, okay and licensed uh, for use on German roads. Is that right? Yes, yes. And we have, uh, we have made with the TÜV, we have made um, a license. So uh, I have um, a license for welder and I have a license from TÜV. And they say we can make these modifications on the frame. Got it. I, to I totally follow you. Of course, it's much different here in the States. You don't need a license <laughs> to do that. And I, and I guess that's kind of, it's good and bad. I mean, it's good in the sense that, you know, people have the freedom to do what they want to, but it's bad in the sense that people have the freedom to do what they want to and the work is not always quality. So with the German way, I can appreciate that because there's some oversight and you're making the government's always making sure you've, you're putting together a sound, safe product, uh, which I like. All right, so frame modifications. Now, of course, you're going you're going through an engine. Um, I, you, I can imagine you're supplied different engines from different customers at times, and we could talk a lot about this. But let me just ask you, when your your next step here, what is your preference? Uh, on a boxer engine. So for a SWT build, your power plant of choice would be what uh, engine from what year and what bike, if any. Oh, that's, that's not easy. Uh, the, okay. I, I, um, I think the best engine, it's um, my meaning, the best engine is from R100R and uh, the least building years. Um, the aluminium is uh, not too old. The engines are not um, overheated in um, traveling in the, in the woods or in the desert. With a street bike, they don't drive in the wood or desert. And this uh, a good basic to build the, the complete bike is a good basic to build a good enduro. And of course, the other. Then, uh, Go ahead. And then we. What? Yeah, I was going to say, go ahead. Uh, we we open the engine. We uh, make uh, the we make the we make the crankshaft mm -hmm. less less weight. We uh, get the connecting rods uh, with. Uh, the same weight you balance yeah balance the connecting rods right yeah we balance them and then we have our own um, thousand and seventy cubic centimeter uh, kit it's uh, used cylinders with the metal pipe inside it's not like a seal it's uh, like the old bikes with the metal line oh okay I so it's an iron lined um, cylinder Yes. Hmm, okay. And uh, the pistons are from Wersner, and um, 
I made not so much pressure because I want uh, to make traveling with this bike, and the bike must work with bad fuel. Yes, especially yes. Yeah, I understand that. Especially, you mentioned you're traveling, uh, you're going through Europe or parts of the Middle East or unknown or Africa or wherever. The gas or the fuel quality is can be questionable at times. Yes, and you know. BMW, if you hear BMW Boxer, you know it's a bike who work in all over the world. Mm-hmm. That's and it, it only works because the concept is very old and the parts are simple. And that's, that is the basic of this bike. And it's the best you, you let the basic be. Not... Um, uh, special electric uh, injection, no special cylinders with a lot of power. Uh, it's not good for this bike. Yeah, if you want to do races, you can make big pistons and um, a small. Um, uh, uh, how is the watch for for comp- compression? Big compression. You know, a big piston, and then you get the head. A little bit less, and mm. so you have more more pressure inside and more power. Indeed. Now, a lot of your bikes, uh, well, many of them, <clears throat> as you mentioned, uh, they have upgraded suspension, upgraded forks. Uh, yeah. How? Uh, let me ask you this. I try to think the best way to ask this. What do you typically see with your customers that those bikes? are used for. So are these guy are people who are buying these bikes racing them for enduro races, using them as enduro riders uh, for the weekend or can they also be used uh, as daily daily transportation uh, as well? The most of them are traveler and a few of the traveler are have this bike only to know that he can travel, but mm. they have no time because they have too much work. <laughs> <laughs> the other, yeah, the other one uh, uh, travels with this bike. And I am um, very happy if they sent me pictures. Uh, we had a bike. He, he runs from Büchtelhausen to uh, the biggest hill of, um, of India, directly 18,000 kilometers with wow. this bike. Wow. And it was uh, it was amazing. Uh, I see the pictures, and um, it is uh, it is good for my heart if I see this. And um, I like it if the people use the bikes. It's not good if the bike stand in front of the Tesla or Porsche or <laughs> or It's better to drive with the bikes. <laughs> Yeah, well said, well said. I'm sure a few of them, though, do end up sitting in a garage uh, as more of an ornament than, than other things. Um, so getting back to some of the specifics uh, of your build, uh, builds, rather, uh, one thing I see that's, you don't do this on all the bikes, uh, but it's it's common, a common modification I see is the, uh, I guess it's the uh, R1100 or the Oilhead 1100 rear end. Uh, with a rear disc uh, on the back with the drive line. So just looking at that, 
I imagine there is a lot of work uh, and a lot of design involved to get that later model final drive, drive shaft, and everything mounted to an airhead frame. Tell me a little bit about the process and, and what goes into that particular uh, conversion with that, uh, with that drive. That's the best modification you can do. Okay. Really the best. You uh, must see um, at the beginning of the BMW Airhead, the frame was um, a kind of, um, of uh, a damper or uh, a shock. The frame was very white, white weight. Uh, was very um, um, it wasn't not strong enough and the frame and the fork and the and the shock they make um, the uh, my word they make the leading gear is false they, so they make it sort of rubbery I mean, I always, I always hear the term, you know, rubber, rubber cow when you think of the old Airheads. So, yes, yes, yes. very, very soft, um, plush, not, not stiff. Um, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to fill, fill in the word you're looking for there. Yeah, in Germany we say cow. Yeah, the cow because it goes high, and the frame, the frame was one of the part of your suspension. That's the right word. Okay, the frame was one of the part. And um, if you if you have a spring, a spring get older and get weighter and not and works not more so good. And the frame is the same; it's thirty years old. So you can buy a new frame or you can reinforce the frame. And after then, it's strong and it's hard, and you need um, a good suspension. And then the time not stand still. You see uh, KDM, they work with 48 millimeter white mm -hmm. power upside down fork and you get this fork inside. And then the front, the front end works, but the rear is bad. The power lever is, is a works a little bit better than the stainless swing arm. But uh, the normal power, le power lever is uh, it's, um, slow. Uh, the drive shaft often makes problems. That's right. And if you if you uh, change it to an 1100, you have a drive shaft who works un until 170 horsepower. You will never get it with your with your airhead. And you have a good brake disc, no drum brake, who works if it wants. And with the suspension, with the shock. Standing straight ahead, you have a progressive, progressive um, suspension in the rear. And so you will get the best driving with the Airhead ever. That's, that's so good. That's your preferred um, sort of final drive uh, and, and rear end setup is that 1100. So what are you doing to make, to mate uh, or to connect uh, the yoke on the on the uh, drive shaft to the airhead transmission is that a heavy modif heavily modified part? Uh, you have to make a different coupler. I'm just curious how that how the how those connect. Um, now I will say uh, 
in future, I think uh, it, it's not more long time. We will uh, make a YouTube video. Oh, okay. With the with the first um, builder of uh, this kind of bike, it was uh, Rüdiger Watzke. He is a German engineer, and he found his idea was in the year 1993 to get this swing arm in the old bike. Mm. And I, I learned him uh, in 2006, and he helped me to get this adapter to this, to this, uh, to the, from the airhead two valve uh, gear to the drive shaft of four wind for uh, valve well, well, uh, driving. Right. So and, it, um, so that's a special made adapter uh, that connects it's that. It's a special adapter, and it's very hard. It's for for driving cars, and he, he uh, knows the right metal and a special uh, kind of production. Yeah. And we designed a rubber for this. So you have a, a special rubber from the gearbox to the swing arm. Oh, okay. So kind of like a, a cush drive in the drive shaft that takes some of the forces uh, and dampens it a little bit and makes it a little smoother. Uh, I'm assuming that's what the rubber's for. Now the rubber is for to to um, secure it. To um, uh, it's only uh, a rubber between uh, the swing arm and oh. the gearbox. Oh, 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 okay. Like the ru- oh, like the rubber boot. Yeah, to yeah. close it. Okay, all but right. We make a special form, and we let produce them uh, in Augsburg, especially for our bikes. Yeah, now I imagine you you mentioned that is probably a unique, uh, some unique metallurgy, uh, a very hardened uh, metal, and a specialized part that's because that that goes in there because that's you're asking a lot of that adapter to do that. It's right in between the transmission and the drive line. So now are those, is that a part that's available uh, on your website for sale? I want to ask you a little bit about some, yeah. of, some of the other yeah, things, but folks who would want to do that themselves, they can buy those parts there. It's easier to, to buy it. Uh, at first we, we also want to build it by itself, but it was not easy. It, our our part was not so hard uh, uh, for working. It, it was uh, too soft, and they get to turn and broke them. Yeah. So it's better we use the part from Rudiger. He was the founder of this, and he know uh, what part you need or how how strong it must be for drive shaft. Now, is that um, when you're building a SWT uh, motorcycle? Are they all, you're going to recommend that to a customer? Do they have a choice? For instance, could they do a mono lever, older GS with an extended, uh, 50, you know, with an extended uh, drive shaft? Or you're steering folks and suggesting the 1100 uh, modification. That's your preferred setup? And the most of uh, my customers don't hear what I say. <laughs> 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 they have the and we help them um, <laughs> get the dream through. Okay. So and they have a dream and we help them to get it through. Uh, last time we 
in the last year time we built a lot of uh, stereo swing arms yeah and um, uh, we built um, some gasto rayer replicas right for uh, a small company it's also good but it's not good to drive yeah it looks good and uh, the people are happy with this bike but i think they only drive to the next coffee and and home yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I mean, they're going for the nostalgia. They want the old, old school, traditional sort of look that was popular back when those motorcycles were famous. Uh, you mentioned uh, Gaston Ranier and all his uh, Paris Dakar wins. So I understand why folks go for that uh, to a certain degree. But that's that's funny you mentioned that. So. Yeah, again, you you prefer the 1100 rear end, but you're doing whatever the customer asks. You're more than happy to put it together. Yes, if they want to have a smaller swing arm, we make a smaller swing arm. Sure, sure. <laughs> One of the reasons so many airheads are still on the road today is because of great parts suppliers and enthusiasts like Boxer 2 Valve. William and Edward Plam at Boxer 2 Valve have years of experience with the 247 Airhead, dating back to their first repair shop and dealership in the early 1980s. Boxer 2 Valve stocks and sources only premium parts and tools, so no need to worry if you're getting a cheap pattern or shortcut part. They simply don't carry them. Boxer 2 Valve has extensively researched which parts are correct for your motorcycle. Just enter your year and model, and you'll see only the parts that fit your bike. That takes the guesswork out of the ordering process. Real-time stock information that is also available, so no need to guess what may be on back order that could delay your project. Also, if you're digging into a repair for the first time, be sure to check out Boxer 2 Valve's video repair series. These cover both Twin Shock and Post 81 models and are great tutorials that go step-by-step -step through a variety of repairs and parts replacement procedures. The video series is a great workshop companion, one I've used many times over the years. So for all your airhead parts needs, Boxer2Valve.com. That's the number two, Boxer2Valve.com. Let's pick up our conversation again with Manu Shot. Uh, so yeah, now I want to mention the uh, your website, your product website, and I've noticed how that's grown over the years. Uh, I think I bought this is Manu. This is going back in a long time ago, maybe seven or eight years. I don't know. I think I bought a pair of uh, is it pronounced a service at Cherbis? I don't know the hand guards. Uh, I think I bought yeah. I bought some from you years ago uh, for my Paris Dakar uh, when I had it uh, the ninety uh, PD and I think that was really one of the few places uh, you were still stocking those I couldn't find them new anywhere else um, and but since then you've really expanded your product lineup uh, since I shopped there uh, I've seen all the different parts and things you carry so you're really kind of a one stop shop for somebody who's wanting to build an, uh, uh, an enduro or a desert racer or get some of the parts uh, that you use for your builds. Tell me just about expand. Obviously, you're busy with building the motorcycles uh, and that part of it. And I'm, that's probably what you're most interested in. But tell me just about then 
the business expanding to buying and selling parts. I mean, it, it's probably it's become uh, a much larger operation and organization uh, over the years. So tell me how it's expanded and into everything you do now. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm not alone at my workshop. Sure. I have um, some workers, and we have more than 300,000 300, um, euro in, 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 um, in, in parts in our stock. And uh, our company lives from repairing motorcycles, from building SWD bikes, and we have a lot of uh, shipping over the world. And my idea to start the firm was um, I want to help all the BMW drivers. And um, I, I saw if I need a part, I buy one at Touradesh, one at Wunderlich, mm -hmm. one at Diepenrock. And I had four or five um, uh, times of delivery uh, of shipment and a few parts. And so I say uh, the best is we can take all for the customer. They can buy uh, the reinforcement kit. They can buy cylinders. They can buy um, shocks. They can buy um, fenders. And though they have only one shipping, that was the idea. Yeah, that, yeah. As, as I was saying, kind of a one-stop shop uh, for all, all your needs and uh, instead of as you were mentioning having to buy from a lot of different suppliers you know one thing i see a lot here in the states uh and i see on adventure rider on the motorcycle forum a lot and i know you post there some in the uh, vendors section but i know one of the real popular parts uh i see here stateside a lot anyway uh are the foot pegs the lowered foot pegs uh, for the paralever, well, for any GS, I guess, yeah, mono lever or paralever uh, yeah. GS, that's been a real popular part for you, hasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm wondering. We start to produce this double uh, uh, double uh, X footbacks. Yeah, that's right. Dub, yeah. yeah, we have uh, sold more than thousand pieces. Tomorrow morning, the welder will will make. Uh, the whole of the day only food bags. Oh wow! Good grief! <laughs> we make it. We make it myself here in my small company. But my popular, I hope it will be my popular uh, part is the new gas tank from a service. Oh, oh yeah! Tell me about that. Yeah, we um, we started the idea I think in two thousand and sixteen, um, and I. Bought some used gas tank from Barista Car directly from Morocco, and I looked them, and uh, it was uh, it was so nice this this uh, this design. It was a Motorforms gas tank, and then we um, we take uh, the design and we we change it a little bit uh, to fit it better to the two valve boxers. And we found some company, he scanned it, and he gave me the data, but no one wants to produce it. Mm. I called all the companies. And seven years later, seven years later, um, my company got a little bit better name. We was a little bit famous, and I, I take the second 
the second uh, run to Asabis and ask again, can you produce this gas tank? And they say yes. So I guess they realized that they realized you're doing enough business, you're moving enough product uh, yeah. than than you were seven years ago. So okay, so tell me, uh, it sounds like it's going to be a uh, I don't want to say plastic, but a composite tank, uh, not metal. And <clears throat> how, how many? It's paintable. And the producer is a service. If uh, we have a E5, a German license, mm-hmm. uh, to get it on road. And with this E5, I think uh, you can drive it also in America. And. Um, the nylon is much more better than plastic. It's it's not it's not really plastic. It's more um, nylon. It's um, yeah, uh, not easy to say, but it is a better better material. And if it is paintable, it's very good to get a good design. You must see at our uh, web, website we um, we called it Wüsten Tank, Desert Tank. Oh, okay. And then, how many how many gallons uh, or liters of fuel would it hold? In, in liters, it's forty two point five liters. Wow. Okay. So, sort of the typical size of a, a desert uh, Paris Dakar style tank. You know, yeah. I I should mention Manu. I, I don't know. This probably isn't. It, it's of interest because we're talking about gas tanks here. But there's a. A fellow here in the United States, a place called Boxer Works, a fellow named Nathan Mendy, and he's actually now reproducing the steel gas tanks that came originally on the first generation Paris Dakar, those nine-gallon steel tanks. And of course, that's not, I understand, you know, for an enduro rider or a traveler or a racer, that's not probably the best tank. I mean, you don't necessarily want a steel tank with all that weight. But the fact is, people were wanting him for their bikes. There's a demand for him. And like you, he's been working for a number of years to find uh, somebody to help design and manufacture it. So it's good to know, not only with what you're doing, but uh, with this fellow I mentioned, Nathan, uh, at Boxerworks, folks still... It's amazing. All these years later, uh, there's still all kinds of great options uh, for the two-valve boxer, whichever way you want to go. All right. So, Manu, I want to ask you a few questions here as we uh, round out the interview. Um, yeah. Tell me, now, th- This I, w- I want you to try to be as specific as possible as you can here. So tell me your four favorite airheads uh, of all time. So from 1970 to 95, you know, what year, uh, what model, and what color? So if you had to pick four from that uh, era that you could have in your garage, what four might those be? Yeah, it's not easy. All uh, they know me, and they know that my heart is uh, pumping for the. For the GS, yes. So um, I, I, um, if I was, uh, if I was uh, old enough to drive the bike, the basic was in all the floors of the BMW dealers, and I, I like the BMW RRT, RRAT GS basic with the Kalahari with the big gas tank. Yep, that. Yep, 
I know exactly which one you're talking about. It's not good to drive the gas tank uh, fit on on no on no pilot. Um, <laughs> they, you have a you have problems with your knees. <laughs> no, you're right, and I, uh, you're right. I look. I'm about six feet tall, uh, a little bit taller than six feet, and I have that uh, kind of tank as well on my GS. And you, I think you're probably even a little taller than I am. Uh, at least I'm gathering that from seeing the videos. So, yeah, you're right. It's difficult to get your knees sort of tucked in there, isn't it? But it's a very nice bike. I have those bikes, um, but it's not for driving. It's only only to get uh, with the ice and to uh, to um, to have um, fun to look at it. Right. It's, it's in Germany, it's like... Um, like gold in your tresor, if you have this bike. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I, I understand. Yeah. It's one you would uh, have in your garage and go out and uh, have a beer and look at it and enjoy it with your friends. Yes. The second bike was the old R80 G-Stroke S. Yep, the first one. Yeah, I have uh, one picture. I was uh, four years old, and I sit at this bike at the... At a big um, a BMW cell uh, cell uh, meeting or so something, I was young. My my parents had this built this picture with me and my my sister, and um, it's that was a very uh, very important time for me. If they take the spikes, it was in uh, a lot of German um, TV series. You see the. BMW R80G Stroke S. Oh, really? Well, I didn't know that. So it was popular in uh, television. In Germany, we have Tatort. Mm, I don't know if you need it as a crime series uh, on every Sunday, and you see uh, bikes uh, from BMW. I think it's a German builder, and they will say, take a little bit money for the film or something. <laughs> <laughs> and another... another um, Another good bike um, is the Barista car. Uh, at first, if I see the the fairing, it's um, you need a little bit time to love the design. <laughs> yeah. it, it, are you saying yes? It grows on you. Yes, I understand. But I only like the version with the Paris Dakar gas tank, not the original R100GS with the metal gas tank. It looks not so good. With the Paris Dakar, it's, uh, it's nice. And um, you see Jutta Kleinschmidt, they drove with them in, uh, in the Paris Dakar. And though the bike is, uh, is very famous and it's... Um, it's uh, in Germany. We say it's right. It's um, echt. It's true. It's a true bike, mm -hmm. like like a Land Rover. It works. But uh, I'm only these three bikes. I, I I can't say a fourth bike. So you now most of the guys I interview, and I of course now I understand where your heart is uh, with the GS bikes. But now most people will always point out, of course, the the first year GS. Many people will point out the Paris Dakar, the Paralever Paris Dakar, but then the other two we always hear almost always are a uh, Slash 5, a Stroke 5, 
or the R90S. So uh, are, have you spent any time or ridden, at, for instance, uh, recently or uh, over the years, spent any time riding some of the older, just street-oriented airheads or just that is not of any interest for you? You can drive it. I must repair it. And uh, so I I find um, there's a horrible bike. <laughs> okay. They have no good brakes. They, uh, just, uh, I, I must repair it. And that's hard <laughs> enough. I didn't like these bikes. I have one uh, R100RS yeah. with the big engine with uh, 19,000 kilometers from 1979 or something. Yeah. I have it in my, in my small, um, uh, in my small, uh, Samlung, in my small, oh God, I need. And you're in a, what are you trying to say? In, in the garage? In my small collection. Oh, collection. Okay. I have it. Yeah. It's, um, you will get a lot of money if you sell it. I know it, and it's good. And the bike looks very good. You can make the the special lights out of the fairings. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a good bike, and it's good to Sunday for Sunday drive to the to the ice dealer or to take a coffee. And I I know that it's better to drive for long distance on the road with this bike, but it's not my style. I understand. I understand. Dirty, hot, with desert tires. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I understand. Oh, that's just—it's what you like, you know. That's fine. Uh, all right, Manu. Uh, I want to ask you uh, for a story here. If you can remember um, any time where you had a breakdown on your motorcycle, so you had a problem. Uh, maybe it was a flat tire or something wrong with the carburetor. And <clears throat> in that particular breakdown, it, you thought you were going to have to call a, tr- a trailer or a truck, and it looked really bad. You thought there's no way you're going to get home, but somehow, miraculously, you managed uh, to maybe fix the bike. So I'm wondering a story like that. Okay, I, I must say, I never take... Um in Germany, we have the ADAC. I never take a um, a company who get my bike back. Got yeah, like a trailer. I, yeah, I, right. I always drive it myself, and I learned a lot of good people in these times who helped me. Sometimes the starter makes problems, or the generator, or you get a flat tire. But I don't. I don't uh, need a, a transporter or a trailer to get a bike back. We always repair it ourselves or with the helping of the locals. So has there been, yeah. I'm, I'm curious about that one time where that, that happened and you maybe had a, a difficult time figuring out what the, what the repair was what, that, that happened. You you can repair all all on this bike. Uh, there is nothing you can't repair. It. It's uh, you need only time. Perfect. If the the make problems. Yeah, I understand. Okay, Manu, I want to ask you um, on the airhead again, and I, I I and I guess for this 
question. I want to ask you, you're really looking through the GS range from 1981 to uh, 97, 96 or whatever that last model came out. So let's just keep this with the two-valve GS. Um, what is one of the design flaws in that era uh, of motorcycles that BMW made that if you could go back in time and change it, what would that be? And yeah, if they start to produce a new bike and you see the first um, the first design um, the first design story, you think hey, what 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 is the problem of this designer? This I think all all BMWs have their own their own design, and at the first moment you say what was the problem? What had they drunk? <laughs> if you see the bike longer, it will be nicer and nicer and nicer, and at, la at least it will be great. It's the story from BMW. If you remember the first R1100, I see with the fender at the front of the fairing, I think, well, what was the problem? Huh? What do they think if they build this kind of motorcycle? And now it's a classic, huh? and I, I like the 1100. If they drove on the street, I think, oh, cool, 1100 BMW. It's cool. She yeah. has, wow, 75 years BMW design. Wow, very nice. But if it was new and I was at the BMW dealer, I think, what was the problem? It is drunk or take the drugs or what do they do <laughs> kind of motorcycle yeah now if, if i'm remembering correctly what you were mentioning the front fender on the 1100 is that the one that kind of had kind of looked like a bird's beak and then there were like two fenders on there is that right yeah an upper and an uh, yeah. down fender what 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 one to do it's um it's really crazy and it's so crazy that we um that we uh, um, see the design and, and we are wondering, and after a few of years, we think, oh, it's very nice. Now, do well, so, okay, I, I still didn't get a, a proper answer out of you there, though. So with, those, with the Airhead GSs, like, for instance, a lot of people will say, boy, they could have done uh, a lot better uh, the company uh, is Gertrong that made the, if I'm pronouncing that right, that made the transmissions for them uh, were problematic, could have had a better build quality. Uh, maybe they could have, instead of using Bing carburetors all those years, maybe they could have later changed to something that was a little more performance oriented. So nothing, there's no parts on those bikes that if you could go back in time, to, to change it so you wouldn't have to mess with it. You can't think of any sort of design or element that you'd like to change. Yeah, if you if you want to have a good bike, <laughs> a good bike. Yeah. With good technology, you can buy a BMW. It's uh, the all of the uh, all of the old BMWs of the Technic was very old. It was uh, in ninety. 80, the technique was from 1960. That's true. Yeah, but uh, we don't um, like this bike uh, because it's a very good 
uh, a very um, uh, future, very uh, what is this? Uh, uh, a very actual uh, technology. We like this bike because are so uh, they are so so poor, so uh, so right, so uh, easy. You can you can see it and you can say, oh, ah, they get. A drive shift. Oh, they have a final drive. Oh, their gearbox <laughs> have only five gears and they are very big. That's that's what I love on this bike. It's technical. It's easy technical. I I I think that the the soldier in the Second World War have more future parts in the bike as we. In our heads. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I do. It was much more mechanically complex yep. uh, um, yep. com- compared to... Okay, all right. Well, I, I, I understand what you're saying there. And that is really, I think, one of the mo- more I was going uh, to ask you to sort of, uh, as we get to the end here, I was going to ask you what is sort of the fa- your favorite aspect or your mo- the most endearing aspect of these motorcycles uh, for you, and that's what it sounds like. It's the uh, simplicity of the des- of the design and the timeless nature, and the fact that you can continue to rebuild it. Uh, there's rebuildable quality in these motorcycles, and when in the right hands, they they really can uh, have have a lifetime of enjoyment for everybody. For a few minutes, I say I never stop a tour with this bike. I I can repair my bike and I can and every time make the tour to the end mm-hmm. with this bike. Yeah. And I have one one moment in my life I want to burn a bike. It was a KTM 690 <laughs> okay. Yeah. I was uh, directly in the near of the of the Cape North. And I want to take the fire and to burn it. <laughs> uh, black box, the black box had a lot of wirings, and two or five of these wirings was um, was um, without uh, insulation and makes problems. But you must find this problem. You need a computer. Right. You need any who connected with the computer, and you need a good man at the end of computer. He must search this problem, and it is not easy. And we had uh, some people; they helped us, and so so we get uh, we get the helpness with this problem. If you never know any people who want to help you, you you can break your holiday and you can fly home. Right. And, uh, and this was a moment. Where I, um, where I uh, think about um, where I missed my two world boxer. It's so poor I can repair all, and that's what I love on this bike. That that is all so easy, and that that's uh, why I work with this bike, not. It's so so nice and it's so wonderful and so technical. Uh, it's so easy to repair the bike, and I want to make traveling. And if I make travel, 
I want to help myself. I want to help myself with my uh, mechanic uh, knowledge, and I want to to get the trip to the end. Yes. Not with fly or with the trailer. Yeah, and and no and, and no black box on the bike. <laughs> yeah. And what what is very important, if you have no problems, you learn no people. And if you drive a BMW boxer, you will learn a lot of people over the world. <laughs> well said. Well said. Well, I want to remind folks, you've got a great YouTube channel uh, that you post to on a regular basis. Uh, folks should check that out. Manu, I have to say, uh, when I w watch the videos uh, from time to time, uh, you really seem like you're having fun there. You're always smiling and laughing. I see the guys in the workshop. Um, it, you know, I don't know any other way to say this, but, you know, a lot of... Here in America, we think sometimes of Germans as real staid, uh, real by the book, uh, not necessarily uh, outgoing. Uh, but when you watch your videos, I can tell that's not you. You've got a big personality, can tell you have a lot of fun with what you do. And so I really want to invite everybody to check out your videos uh, on YouTube, SWT Sports, your website. Uh, and then, again, you mentioned the tank uh, that you've got uh, that's going to become available for mass service uh, and all the great parts for everybody across the world. You're making an enduro bike or you want to customize your bike, check out SWT Sports. Manu, uh, again, I want to say I've admired you from afar, really appreciate all you've done. Your English is so much better than my German uh, so thank you, thank you for taking the time uh, to talk in my native language, and I really enjoyed uh, visiting with you today. Hey, thank you very much. You're welcome. I hope all the, the people hear this. They have a lot of fun and look at my video channel. Video channel. And if anyone have a problem all over the world, we will help him with his airhead. No problem. They can call me or can write an email. We look and we, we want to help. Very impressive visit with Manu this week. Find a full array of parts, bike builds, and other interesting material at swtsports.de. So even though the W is pronounced a V, you still need to type WSWTSports.de. Also, check them out on YouTube. So until next time, so long, everybody. The Airheads 247 podcast is distributed and produced by From Off Productions. Our producer engineer is Jeff Glover. I'm Darren Dorton. Look forward to catching up with you next time.